0: Hello and welcome to Influence by FitBy. We bring you the life stories of the world's most popular people, influencers. How they started, what they do and where they plan to be. Tune in every week to follow the journey. Maybe you're a budding influencer looking for some tips or perhaps you're a brand looking to kick off an influencer marketing campaign. At Influence by FitBy, you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Interested? Then subscribe, sit back and Listen. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a positive review. Enjoy. So great to have had Cody explain how he took a negative and made lots of positives. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on a podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing team at fitby.agency. And if you like what you're listening to, Please subscribe and rate the podcast as it really helps. Hello, on this episode we chat to fitness influencer Cody Allen, aka The Cody Allen, who explains how he took control of his life, pushed himself to the limit and how that has become his life. If you're an influencer yourself and would like to feature on our podcast or a brand looking to sponsor an episode, feel free to get in touch by emailing team at FitBy.agency. So listen on and get to know more about Cody. Hello and welcome to the Influence Podcast. Today we have Cody. How are you, my man?
1: I'm doing well. How are you
2: doing today? Really good and good to speak to you. Um, Can you tell us a bit about
1: your background? Yeah, so I come from somewhat of a diverse background. Uh, Grew up in a small town. Small town, with basically i'm small town single mom kind of kid uh my mom's actually a care provider for mentally challenged adults and uh that's what i grew up knowing i grew up knowing living within a care home um knowing how to really take care of people that was that was my thing growing up but i was a super 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 shy kid that was me that was my mo um call it what you want uh is probably because I also grew up a very very obese kid um, that was that was how I was raised that's what I thought was normal um, I'm half black half Italian so I grew up knowing how to eat uh, I didn't I didn't get into sports uh, let me rephrase that I got into sports when I was five um, started playing baseball but by got in doesn't mean that I was good I was actually one of the worst kids. On the team, in the league, in the city, in the small town. Um, oh boy. Tried soccer, but soccer is not built for kids that are kind of fat, you know? <laughs> At least no. it didn't used to be. So I was the kid that we call them an MPR kid, MPR, minimum plays required. So if you paid to play city ball, you had to play X amount of innings or X amount of time of the game. Mm. And I was a kid that just got in enough. But, um, Fitness was, fitness was still big for me. It was an outlet. It was something that allowed me to be around kids my age and friends and whatnot. Um, so I stuck to it. Soccer, not so much, because <laughs> I, would, I would have died out there. But um, I played baseball all the way through high school. And it wasn't until high school that I actually started playing football as well. Um, American football, that is. Sure. And uh, I kind of took to it. I was always a bigger kid. And when I hit puberty, we always like to say, I stretched out around seventh grade um when I hit puberty. And uh for some reason, whatever reason, just got super athletic. Um, baseball, I just took to it for whatever reason, hand-eye coordination became there, got fast, got big. Um I actually went into high school football and my mom never wanted to let me play because she's like, It's too dangerous, it's too dangerous. And I was like, Mom, like, I'm a big kid, man. Um as a freshman, I was 180 pounds. Wow. Uh so I was like, mom, like everybody's saying that I should play football. Like, let me try. So she said, okay, mind you, I didn't know anything about football. I would never played before. I played like out in front of my house with my friends and the cul-de-sac and whatnot, but I never played organized football. So I went out there and the coaches were like, whatever group you want to be in, whether that be like offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, whatever position you think you want to play. Because at that point, none of the coaches know anybody. And the freshman kids, we don't know what we want to play. They just said, go run in that line. And then so myself, I at the time was a like a San Diego Chargers fan. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I think Antonio Gates is a cool guy. I want to be a tight end. So I go in the tight end group. They take one look at me being a big kid. And they're like, no, you go run with the offensive linemen. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. It's not how I envisioned my <laughs> athletic career kind of starting <laughs> off. But I went, I ran my sprints. And I smoked all the offensive linemen, so they're like, "All right, you're fast and big." They put me at running back. From nice. there, started every game as a freshman at running back. Um, going into my sophomore year, the coaching staff was like, "Hey, we want you to play quarterback." Mind you, again, I was at my sophomore year. I was like, 190 pounds. Just a big kid. Yeah. I uh, so played a couple games on the jv the junior varsity team um the quarterback on the varsity team actually got hurt and so i moved to varsity as a sophomore after a few games and i started at free safety my sophomore year and every single game until i graduated as a senior at free safety and my junior year i started at quarterback junior and senior year so in high school i had a pretty good career um and it gave me the opportunity to play college football at the next level, where I received a scholarship to play at Sacramento State, California State, Sacramento University, um, where I actually played linebacker. When I graduated high school, I was like 215 pounds. I went to college around 230, and I played anywhere between like 230 and 240 in college. So athletics has always been a huge part of my life. But like I said before, it was something that I was not – I didn't take two initially. Um, I was not an athletic kid. I was always the kid that prided myself on being one of the hardest people, working people in the room. Um, And it was tough, man. I mean, it was tough feeling not necessarily accepted at first because I always had these body image issues. Um, Even in high school, like if I could go back back now, I'd say like, hey, really take advantage of your size and go play, get bigger, get stronger. But I always focused on, oh, I didn't want to be big, big, big. Cause I was one of the bigger kids on the team, you know, and all my friends were smaller than me. And so I was like, Oh, I shouldn't eat as much. Now that I know about nutrition, I'm like, shit, I'll just eat, run with it, make sure my nutrition's dialed in, be the best athlete I can be. Super interesting. And I
2: think that you'll find that people listening to this that might find themselves in the situation that you were in will be inspired to fight through the hard times because of listening to you. So, um, that's really amazing what you just said there. So what
1: happened beyond that point when you was at college? So college, my college career went pretty well. Um, I did suffer a neck injury my sophomore year. Um, I damaged uh, a nerve that innervates my C4 and C5, and that, not to get too technical, but goes through your brachial plexus, through like kind of the back of my shoulder, and all the way down through my arm. Um, Whenever you damage a nerve, you get what's called football players' it's like a stinger. That's like an electric shock that goes through. It's a shooting pain that goes through whatever extremity necessarily you damage. So um, the most, I'll, I'll, I'll go out there and say, the most stubborn person in the world is probably a 19 to 21-year-old man, also the most invincible person in the world, or so we think, and um, Knowing what I know now, I would probably go, but I mean, actually, you know, I'm still kind of stubborn now when it comes to my body, but it would have probably behooved me to take some time off. I also got this reputation in high school that I never once missed a game or practice my entire career. That goes for high school and college. And that was something I was really proud of. Played through every single injury I ever had. I was maybe always trying to impress coaches or trying to impress my teammates or just really being a leader, you know, trying to make sure that when people looked at me, they'd think and say like, okay, if he can play through something that that's, that's that dramatic, like, you know, I can push myself to do better as well. Um, but (laughs) I had a lot of nerve damage in my neck and my right arm and actually atrophied a lot of the muscle within my right arm, which ultimately led to, um, a torn rotator cuff, um, the end of my sophomore year, um, I still ended up playing throughout my college career, um, but primarily on special teams and, and linebacker just because, I mean, when you miss reps or you underperform, um, nonetheless, amazing experience. Um, my, some of my best friends who I still talk to every single day, um, come from, football whether it had been high school or college i know that football gets has a huge blemish on it right now with especially with all the the brain damage and things that former players are seeing um yeah for sure i i mean i don't have any kids but it'd be hard for me to say like hey i'd push my kid into football if they wanted to choose to do so right now i'm at a point where i'm saying like hey i'm gonna provide all the information that's readily available you make your own decisions hopefully that i can raise a child if I choose to go that route that would make well-informed decisions. Um, because I love the sport so much, I still watch it every every weekend, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's a dangerous sport. But what it teaches you um, in regards to camaraderie, accountability, these are all things that I've helped translate into my, what you would say, adult life and my adult life skills, right? Man. Exactly, yeah. There's There are things that are... They're, they're, they are intangibles that are also immeasurable. You can't really quantify that. You can just feel when you speak with someone that you can feel when you work with someone. Um, There are people that I work with now within the digital marketing space that I'm like, I know you played some sort of organized sports because you hold yourself accountable. You're punctual. You make sure that you always take care of your part, your job. And those are things that are appreciated within the space, you know?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> professionalism throughout life is key to succeeding, I believe, and hard work. Um, Correct. And there are two things that you do learn through playing sport at a high level. So um, that's great. Do you guys watch rugby out there in the States?
1: Uh, not frequently. Um, I do, like a lot of my friends. So Football is an interesting sport because when you finish up at the collegiate level, there's only a few different routes that you can go. One obviously being the NFL. Um, but a lot of my friends went the rugby route. And I'm still a pretty built guy. I've always had the rugby body. I've got the big hamstrings, the big quads, the big butt. I sit at about 240 pounds. I've always been fast and athletic. So my friends are always like, come play rugby with us, come play rugby with us. But I'm like, those are some real men out there playing rugby, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I love I love watching the sport, um, but it's not something that's highly televised here. Um yeah, sure. But I also do. I love and enjoy whenever I see a guy come over from England and uh, go out for the NFL. Just that, yeah. I mean, there's there's one or two every year. And Christian Wade was the last one, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he should still be playing in the NFL after watching him. I mean, the first time he touched the ball, scored a touchdown. Yeah,
2: the yeah. guy's
1: fast, athletic. he has got good hand-eye coordination. Um, football is a very, very mental game. So I think that. If any rugby player, any rugby player that's excelled rather, um, can go and they can get the mental part of it down, because uh, with with American football, um, you're beat, you're essentially you win or beat every single snap, or you win or lose every single snap rather um, within the first milliseconds of the snap of the ball. Okay. So the mental acuity definitely has to be there. But Christian Wade, I was super impressed. I watched him on the Bills this preseason. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it's a huge step for him um, because of
2: the type of rugby he's played before. But I think that he has the attributes, like you said, in order to succeed in um NFL. Um, but we'll see. You know, It's early days, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. Cool. Let's, let's go on to your Instagram feed. Um, I mean, it caught our eye here in the office. And um, the guys were keen for you to speak on the podcast, as am I. Um, what would you say it stands for? for anyone that doesn't know much about you?
1: So my Instagram feed has definitely changed over the years. Uh, I initially started, I mean, I started just like everybody, posting stupid pictures of my very first picture ever. I always go back and look, it was a roller coaster. It was just a picture of a roller coaster. A <laughs> picture of me wearing a onesie, um, stuff like that when I was back in college. Um, but it kind of moved in the last two years more towards... Myself as a brand, I, I looked at—I guess you'd say everybody. Everybody's in sales; you're always kind of selling yourself, and and how you can be valued to whether they be a prospective companies, prospective suitors, as mates, or whatever it might be, you know. Um, and it moved in maybe a year ago towards like the fashion side. I became more developed into like the fashion and quote-unquote like looking good. I've never considered myself a model. I'm not a model by any standard. Um, but in the last year, I, there's so much more to me that people don't get to see. There's so many things that I take very seriously in regards to work ethic, um, that I've wanted to transpose onto my Instagram feed. So you might see something. I try to post something every single day. And that wasn't until I started getting feedback from my peers, from people online saying, like, hey, like, I didn't want to go work out today, but I see you out there kicking your own ass. And I'm sitting here saying, like, all right, if he's doing it, why can't I do it? And it's nothing that is out of the ordinary, but it's just something about people get so caught into the lull of everyday life and you kind of get into this mundane nonsense that you can go out and try new things. So I picked up just regular boxing at the beginning of this year because I was like hey hey, you know what I don't want to go on the Stairmaster and do the boring cardio I want to go out and show like showcase some athletic ability I want to pick up a skill so my Instagram feed kind of transformed into hey this is what I do this is why I do it this is how hard I push myself I always say um how you do anything is how you do everything so I'm not going to go and just kind of kick some weights around in the gym i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get after it and i want people to be able to see that via my instagram feed if i'm gonna go take a boxing class i'm gonna go get after it i'm gonna be ringing wet i'm gonna sweat my ass off i'm gonna be out there working and if you're not gonna be able to be there with me you're gonna know it and so (coughs) know it via the pictures of the videos that i'm posting and so that right there, obviously, has been attractive to businesses and brands that have kind of looked at me and they said, like, "Hey, you're not faking whatever you're putting out there because there's so much nonsense that goes out there, and there's so much fake quote unquote, influencers, but I'm like, hey, i'm gonna I'm gonna put out there what I'm putting into, whether it be your class or your business. Even more so recently within the last month, I started training MMA. So your body is a tool from the inside out to your brain to your arms, your extremities, whatever it might be. So right now, I put my tool in a good position to be used for something. I kind of felt like I just was taking it for advantage or taking taking my body for granted. Um, I've gotten to a position where I almost say I got bored of like traditional weightlifting, but um, I'm always trying to do more. I'm always trying to use it for everything that I've got it for because there's going to be a point in my life where I'm 60 years old and I can't do the things that I used to be able to do. And I don't want to look back and be like, hey, I wish I would have tried this. I wish I would have done that. So I started training MMA with my buddy, who is a UFC fighter. Um, not even necessarily to take a fight, but again, to push myself to maintain mobility within my hips, to maintain mobility within my shoulders, to really pick up a skill. And I mean, you can go far as far back and, and document it. So I'm kind of documenting it right now seeing how bad I am right now because I'm not good um, to maybe four or five, six months out, how fluid I am. Because again, that kind of just goes, and the only reason why I document it is not because I need my mom to see it on Facebook. My mom, my mom doesn't even, my mom doesn't even know. She just thinks, Oh, Cody goes to the gym. Good job. But I want people to really see like, Hey, <clears throat> I'm no superstar. I'm a guy I sit at a desk all day and work, but I will do the extra steps to make sure that I wake up and I'm in the gym by, by 6 a.m. to make sure that I'm training, acquiring a skill, and I'm taking it seriously. I'm not just going through the day. Um, and I will make sure that I'm a guy that's, that's trying to involve the community. Most recently, um, fitness apparel company that I work with, um, 10,000, um, they're based out of New York. They, do a, a, they have a, a really, really nice men's apparel line. <coughs> um, they do this thing called sweat crawls. Um, they... Their version of a sweat crawl is a kick-your-ass workout at one gym, a one-to-three-mile run with um, to the next gym, and then another kick-your-ass kind of workout. Yeah. Um, it's a men's fitness apparel company, so basically they gather a group of men. They fit them out in gear. The whole thing is documented via social media and all the content and whatnot, and they reached out to me, and they're like, Hey, Cody, you're the only Northern California athlete that we have. Um, they knew my background in regards to being a business owner and understanding the fitness community within Sacramento, California, where I live now. And they're like, Hey, do you just want to set it up? Usually they'll fly somebody on their team out to set everything up, make sure it goes smoothly. Um, and so I reached out to my contacts within the area. I kind of told them like, Hey, this is how they do it. This is what it means. This is in regards to the camaraderie. Um, we actually hosted the event last Saturday and I was blown away with Not just getting people out there, obviously. um, I mean, we sold the event out in in under 30 minutes. Um, It's 21 guys (coughs) sold the event out in under 30 minutes. I think we could have done 80 people if we really wanted to. Um, But the gym limitations didn't uh, allow us to. Nonetheless, um, showing up is one thing. I mean, I'm a huge fan of people just go out there and make an effort. But what I was so proud of was the actual amount of effort that these guys put in not for me. I mean, a lot of them. Yeah, I knew about half of them, but they did it for themselves. They wanted to push themselves, and it just, I mean, I'm I'm a guy that uh, I've invested a lot of time into people in sort of in regards to like coaching or just kind of like kind of pick people up. And I see people give up on themselves so frequently. And I saw 21 guys out there that were busting their ass, and they wanted to be the best versions of themselves. They wanted to be great in that moment, and it really gave me it gave me flashbacks of when i played football and the amount of respect for my 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 brothers you know that were out there that were putting their bodies on the line that were really pushing themselves they were redlining themselves um and <coughs> make sure that they got better and i was like i said i was super impressed it was an awesome turnout um we shot a bunch of good content uh, my most recent images um are on my instagram feed are are from that event okay. and uh the photographers that we work with, they're, they're some friends of mine, and they do more than take pictures. I mean, they really encaptured the energy and what we, what we were doing out there, and couldn't have been more happy with that event.
2: That is phenomenal.
1: I mean, one word
2: that kind of summarizes your Instagram feed, in our opinion, is inspirational. Like you said, um, just giving people the encouragement to get to the gym or get out there and get, just do something, and it feels authentic coming from you. Is a massive um, reason as to why people follow you. That's and that's in our opinion anyway. And that's why it's um that's why we re- reached out to you because we thought you know what this guy's got something here. Let's let's speak let's speak to him. Okay, cool.
1: Um, a lot of people are reluctant
2: to use the term influencer. What are your thoughts?
1: Um, I am as well. I, I don't like anything that's trendy. I understand profiting off of things that are trendy, especially within the fitness industry and social media. Um, Influencer is tough to use because um, it's so widely used um, and I wouldn't, I'd like to consider myself like in a different sort of class. Um, I don't want to be an influencer if someone who is selling skinny tea is also an influencer um, because you can negatively influence people, you can positively influence people, but the big thing about it is kind of goes back to what you said is about authenticity. Um, so I don't consider myself an influencer by any means. Um, I just like to use my Instagram as an authentic view of what I actually am. Um, you don't get to see necessarily, and it's something that I'm working on, like the, the boring aspect of my life, the, hey, this is what I'm doing on a daily basis type of thing. Um, that's more because of my time restraints. I'm a very busy guy on a day-to-day basis. But um, the word influencer in itself um, it's something that I sort of stay away from 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 my personal brand just because all the negative connotation that comes around it um, among my peers, you know, there's obviously people there wouldn't be the word influencer if people weren't still looked up to as like an influencer. I'm more so looking at myself as somebody who's just authentic, somebody who's just putting content out there. and however I put it out there, you're going to receive it in your own way. So if you see my content and you're like, hey, he's, he's trying new things. I want to try new things. Then that's great. If you see my content, you're like, Hey, he's just doing being consistent. I'm just going to focus on being consistent. If you want to call that an influencer and call it what it is. If not, then you just call me somebody who is using my platform to touch more people than I have been in the past. In the past, I was able to positively affect a hundred guys hundred guys on a football team because they saw me come in every single day and put my heart and soul on the line but now there's tens of thousands of people that can see it every single day and maybe not even people that were in my circle before because maybe you hate football and maybe you would have never seen like all right this guy is really busting his ass really putting out his putting his best foot forward and being authentic with everything that he's doing maybe you're just someone who just wants to go to a row class i took a row class um It's like a low impact, like rowing machine class and some great people over there, but none of those people might've never played football, but because I was able to put it onto my social media, there was maybe 15 people that went and tried that class. This is something that may not have been able to do in the past. Do I profit off that? No, but do other people get to profit long-term because health is wealth. I mean, everybody knows that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's really what you should be using your platform for. Of course, obviously, monetize it just like any other online traffic source. Whatever you need to do, but what I urge people in the quote-unquote influencer game do to do rather is just to be authentic, because you're going to get weeded out really quick, which is kind of a good thing because it makes people like myself elevate, and I'm not opposed to that by any means.
2: Yeah, I think this year, in particular, um, followers have become a lot more acute, and they can definitely smell BS at a hundred paces which makes it a lot harder for those that aren't authentic to actually, you know, um, try to influence people in a way that they would have done before, which is actually probably closer to manipulation rather than influence, because um, when it's negatively used, it it can be looked upon as something that's that's slightly untoward. But nonetheless, I mean, do you feel the pressure of social media?
1: Um, I used to. I used to feel that I needed to perform in a certain way or I needed to post um and and engagement's never been like a big thing because i mean i have my notifications turned off and i i post and i'm out and then i'll go back and i'll engage when i have time um the pressure in regards to do i now feel that people are kind of hinging on me and kind of waiting on me to whether it be post content or inspire them i mean yeah like one of my friends that did the sweat crawl he came up to me he's like he had this amazing bodily transformation. Um, He works at like a local nutrition shop that my buddy owns out here and he did this body transformation and it was just amazing. And I was giving him all these props. He comes up to me after the sweat crawl. He's like, Hey, like I just want to let you know that the only reason why I started doing this was because you started doing it back in January. I saw what you were doing and I was like, shit, if Cody can do it, I can do it. So I do feel some sort of pressure at, on that point. But at the end of the day, um, again, what i'd like to pivot more towards now is showing people that it's not easy every single day it's not I mean, people think that i just go to the gym because i love to do it or that i spend all my time there people think that i'm a personal trainer people don't even have people don't even know what i do uh, maybe that's to my own fault maybe i should put more of my work life on there but i definitely do strive to put content out to inspire um but i haven't felt at the point where i get like the, the anxiety if i'm like oh my god i didn't post today should i be posting something um, if it comes to a point where someone reaches out to me and they're like, Hey, you kind of went dark on social media. Like I haven't been able to get myself out of bed in the morning. I think I have more value than just posting something that if somebody reached out to me personally, I can get on a phone call with them and just talk them through like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm going through. Like this is maybe what you're going through, but there are brighter days ahead. There's things that I have those personal conversations with friends of mine. If I had a platform where I could get onto a more personal one-on-one level with people online, I would do so in a second, you know? Um, but in regards to like the, the pressures of social media, I don't really buy into that. Um, I, I think that social media people always say like, well, you should spend less time on your phone or you should spend less time on social media. Um, I'm a firm believer that you are the company that you keep on a personal level. And that also translates to an online level. If you follow a lot of negative stuff online, you take in energy in so many different forms. Um, so if you feel like you have the pressure to perform on social media, or if you have the pressure to really feeling really down because you're on social media so frequently, then you have to kind of look and see like what circle are you keeping online? Interesting. Really interesting. Can you tell the listeners what you do for work? Um, I actually own a digital marketing agency. Um, we have been up for a few years now, and uh, we specialize just in working with businesses online, manipulating online traffic and generating leads and such. Um, but in the last year, we moved over to the social space because we saw one an opportunity to make money. Because we said, "All right, well, people are monetizing their online accounts. How can we? Do we see that people are going to continue to move this way? Is it going to be what?" The older generations are saying, like, oh, social media Instagram's gonna die and whatnot. Um, I've been online, I mean, for a long time, and I see not that apps come and go, that's correct. Platforms come and go, but people, brands, and they have capture people's attention, they just move from one app to the next, to the next, to the next. I mean, everybody was on MySpace, and people that were big on MySpace, they took their following over to Facebook. I and mean, people that are big on Facebook and then YouTube. And then YouTubers brought their following to Instagram and Vine. And then Viner's brought their following to Instagram as well. And now you're seeing people take their following from Instagram. They're bringing it over to TikTok. So we try to capitalize on, on all of these spaces, obviously, um, whether it be on the, the business side or the personal like influencer side. Um, we have done content management for companies because um, whether you like it or not, instagram now depending on what sort of company you have like for instance we work with like gyms Um, gyms need to put out content and your gym or your instagram rather if your gym has turned into somewhat of like yelp if you're familiar with yelp yelp is where everybody goes i'm like if you want to tell me what kind of restaurant you were going to have we'll go on yelp we'll go look at the reviews on yelp well if i as a consumer go look at a gym and i see beautiful content, beautiful equipment. And I see people commenting on it saying like, Oh my God, like I got a killer workout here. Like I love this gym, best gym in Northern California whatever it might be. That's my Yelp review. So we help companies like that, that do have, let's say a brick and mortar or that are really rely on, um, reviews to improve their social media game. I guess you'd say on all platforms. Really interesting. And,
2: um, Interesting to hear that from your perspective, because obviously what we're doing here is not too dissimilar, but at the same time, you're attacking it from a different angle. So, um, yeah, really interesting. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to become an influencer?
1: The big thing is consistency. Number one is consistency. You really need to make sure that if you start something, see it through and give it enough time. People now We live in a world today now where people we need instant gratification. Well, if you try something for a week and you didn't gain a thousand followers, stick at it. I mean, you have to continue to post content. You have to continue to engage with people because you never know what your next big break is going to be because you look at today's world. I mean, there's a kid a year and a half, two years ago that made a dance off Drake's song and mm-hmm. it literally catapulted him to stardom. But he stayed consistent after it he didn't take that one thing and just stuck uh, and then just flared it out um, but the number one thing I'd say is be consistent number two is be authentic in what you're doing don't try to don't try to emulate necessarily what other people are doing um, and also be authentic in that if there's something that's going on in your life and this is hard um, I'm a huge advocate of I mean growing up as a as a guy that played football you don't talk about your feelings or whatever um, but I also grew up with a single mom and she's a very emotional lady and she very much so loves me and I talk to her every day still but she taught me like hey you talk about your feelings so if there's something that you're going through on a daily basis you'd be so surprised how many people are going through something similar i have friends who have gone through divorces and i say like hey if you really want to use your social media as like a, as a platform for therapy, not necessarily for other people, but maybe just for yourself, you just want to vent and just talk about how you're feeling and document it. I guarantee you there are tens of hundreds of thousands of people who are feeling something similar to you, you know? Um, so being authentic in whatever's going on in your life and don't ever be afraid of feeling and putting something out there. That's exactly how you feel. Because unless it's completely off the wall, which most people kind of fall into different groups, there's somebody that's going to, whatever you're saying is going to resonate with someone if you're being authentic. And if you're just really putting stuff out there that, that resonates with you on a personal level, because everybody's so used to just seeing the nonsense like, oh, these are, these are cool weight grips, go ahead and use them. But if you talk about how, you know, you've really struggled with your own body image and you've struggled to to build yourself up into a person that you can look at into the mirror and this product has helped you or just being online has helped you in the community that you've built. People love that, you know? And it helps you in turn. Um, And then the last thing, steps to become like an influencer is don't read too much into it. Um, Football is a very, football's taught me so much, I feel like, but football's a very humbling game. Within 30 seconds, you can be on your highest high or your lowest low, you know? Um, and so I've always lived by the motto it's never as good as it seems it's never as bad as it seems Um, if you go post a picture and it gets a million likes that's great if you really want to get granular with it figure out why that did so much better than other posts maybe look at the variables that drastically affected your engagement and run with those on another level if you post something and nobody likes it or if people don't like it figure out why but don't let it affect your mood on a day-to-day basis too much. Um, because that's not your life. You still are living your life right now. All you have to view Instagram as is a window into the life that you're living. If you're proud of the life that you're living and people are seeing that, then that's all that really matters, you know? And that's that's probably the biggest thing because I know that people hinge so and they feel so much pressure in regards to becoming an influencer. And it's it's a sought after. I hate to say, like, career for some people now, um, which is fine. I mean, there's people that are making millions of dollars doing it, um, which is great. But understand what you're getting into um, and just always, always, always represent something that you'd be proud of. Great advice. Um,
2: and I must say, I love the way that football drives your thought process. It's like that was the probably making of you by playing so much football as a youngster and coming through the ranks um it seems to really have taken has take it, shape shaped your character and shaped the way you think about things. And I think that's um that's commendable for anyone to listen to and think to themselves, you know what, I need to get serious about something in life because uh I think that anything beyond that point, you can always relate to something that's um that's got a a focus point. So um yeah, really interesting. Um where are most of your followers based?
1: Um, if I pull it up, uh, most of my followers are based in the United States. Um, a large percentage of them being in, uh, Sacramento, just the Sacramento region, Northern California region. Um, and my demo is generally split between the 18 to 35 year old range. That is a large user base of just Instagram in general. So if I'm going to capture, um, if I'm going to capture a demo, I want it to be that one. Definitely with the kind of content that I put out, it resonates there. Gender split. Um, and gender split is 58% women, 42% men. Um, that really comes down to the kind of content that I put out. A lot of resonates with a lot of men. And a lot of women, at the end of the day, I guess you'd say sex sells. Like a lot of women, um, men follow a lot of women, women follow a lot of men. So. It is sure. what it is. If if I'm selling men's fitness apparel, that doesn't really generate a lot of revenue for me unless they're buying it for their boyfriend's husbands or whatever it might be. <laughs> but um, but I don't I don't balk at the engagement. <laughs> you know, people want to like the pictures because they think that I look good in the picture. Then it is what it is. Um, but most of my followers are U.S. based, and so I live in the United States. United States, citizens of the United States. I from from my point of view we are very ignorant to the fact that there's a lot of people outside of the United States. So when I've seen the statistics on Instagram users in general, uh, majority of Instagram users are outside the United States. I think it's something that's lower than 20% of Instagram users are in the U.S. And me, I'm sitting here thinking like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, But I think the majority are based in Japan and then second being UK. Um, And so if you're looking from like monetizing on that scale, Uh, you need to sell products in Japan and the UK and UK is so big on fashion, UK is so big on fashion. And that's why I initially was like, Hey, I want to monetize my Instagram. I'm going to get into the fashion space. Um, but I capture the most attention from people that are local. And then I have a lot of followers from Brazil. I think that's just because, uh, we do SEO at my company as well. Um, I think that it's a lot easier to rank for hashtags in those regions because, of the hashtags that I that I utilize. So for whatever reason, I do get a lot of engagement during their peak hours, but um, a majority of my active users are US-based. And by active, I mean the people that comment, DM and whatnot.
2: Yeah, and no, a really interesting that you're a, an American citizen with a local crowd that really engages with you, um, because that is quite hard to find, someone that actually is local and has a local crowd for some reason, A lot of people I speak to have a huge worldwide network. And most of the time, their majority is not from the area they're actually from, which is interesting. Okay, cool. Um, How strict are you with what you post in your feed?
1: I'm pretty strict with what I post. Um, I post pictures of myself. I used to post... I used to go out a lot when I was younger. I'm old now. But I used to go out and there, there would be, oh, I'd be going to Las Vegas and I'd post something on my story back then. I would never post anything on my feed. Or like pictures of me and my friends when we were out, like a nightclub. And that doesn't really capture, captivate the brand that I like to be putting out there now. Is that part of my life in some facet? Yeah. And I and I don't hide anything by any means. But um, in regards to if if somebody, the way that I look at my feed in general is if, you've been following me the whole time maybe over the last few years and i posted something you wouldn't be surprised if you're like oh cody my parents live on have a property with goats and pigs cody posts a picture of a pig that's normal but let's say that you didn't follow me and you just went to my my profile and you're scrolling through my feed you can consistently see like all right this guy is really driven to motivate he's into fitness he's into Whatever my entrepreneurship, if you want to use that word, I, I don't really like using that word at all. <clears throat> um I my, my whole feed in in and of itself, you're going to be able to scroll through and see what my main focus on my brand is. I don't like to put off brand things. Um, I don't post about like relationships or politics or anything that I'm not even privy of. If there's something that I'm not even well versed on, I don't post about it. That goes for fitness as well, too. I'm not a certified personal trainer by any means. I listen to some big fitness podcasts. Um, and basically, a lot of my information is is based on what I intake and what I regurgitate. Um, but I just make sure that my my sources are quality. Um, so my feed is always going to represent something along the lines of camaraderie, um, pushing yourself, and I guess you say inspiration by those standards.
2: Yeah, so uh, I guess you're saying that one should really stay in their lane. So rather than trying to do everything, choose your niche and remain. Correct. Um, name an Instagram account that you love and check out regularly.
1: Um, it sort of depends on on what I'm going. Like, I'm a big, this is going to be a little off brand I'm a big Barstool sports guy. I love Barstool sports. I, I'm obviously an avid sports watcher. Um, and I like the edginess that Barstool Sports has kind of put on to the industry. Um, because I've been on the inside of, of obviously, athletics and teams, and I know the real and the rawness of it. And I like people that just put out opinions. Um, if I'm looking for actual fitness tips, um, Mind Pump. Mind Pump, those guys, they're based out of the Bay Area. Those guys have years and years and years of experience, and they're continuing to grow their network, and they're continuing to – debunk these trendy these trendy fit fads and whatnot. They're probably my favorite podcast because um people do a lot more damage to themselves physically and mentally by doing these these trendy diets and workouts than they help themselves. So I like how that these guys are really authentic and what they bring. Um and then I'm a big Joe Rogan guy just because you can follow his stuff and you can get a lot of information about a lot of different things. Um, obviously, he has certain topics that he likes to talk about more frequently. But um, his feed and podcast, rather, is full of a ton of, a ton of great knowledge of, from different verticals.
2: You've got to love Joe. Yeah, he's, um, yeah. He's, he's a staple of my diet. <laughs> he's, he's pretty good, that <laughs> guy. <okay. laughs> um, which
1: brands would you like to work with? Um so right now, uh I I've teamed up obviously with Ten Thousand on the fitness apparel side. I'm a guy that I don't like to be too fancy in the gym. I like I don't like fancy gyms either. <laughs> I like I like old school iron. Um 10 000 is is an amazing fitness apparel company that I've been working with. Um in regards to durability, in regards to fit. I'm really big on fit um, when it comes to fitness apparel. Um and their whole brand overall. So in, in those regards uh, I I'm like it. I like it there, and they resonate with my following a lot. On the supplement side, um, I've kicked a few ideas around, but supplement companies they change, um, and things within the fitness industry and supplement industry rather change so rapidly that it's hard to just stick with one. Um, right. Because I may not like what they're putting out a year from now, so. I, I more so try to find brands that have a good philosophy and they will keep up with the current trends as long as they stick to their philosophy, you know. And then clothing brands, um, I've done some work with Cuts Clothing. I love the fit of their clothes. I'm a, I'm a dress down to dress up kind of guy for sure. Um, Oro Los Angeles, they make amazing jeans, collar clothing. They make amazing jeans and boots. Um, I'd like to work with anybody that provides quality product <laughs> really at the end of the day. Um, but I'm also very, I very much know the the business side of things, I would only like to work with companies that I could benefit them. Um, I don't like to, this is another thing about influencers. A lot of influencers rip off these, these brands and these companies. And some of these companies, they're just getting started, or maybe they're, they're really taking a shot on someone. So I never go out and I ask for free (sighs) stuff or things like that. I would much rather show them, hey, this is what my demographic is. This is how I've performed with other things in the past. If you feel like this is a good fit for you, then let's maybe do a test. And if you see something that you like in the back end, if I'm generating sales for you, or if it's just more of a branding thing, if they're like, hey, we just really want pictures of you and our stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. Then that's something that benefits them. But as far as working with brands, I want to work with brands that want to work with me, I guess you'd say.
2: Yeah, great. And I think your thought process is because of your digital background um, that gives you a bit more foresight into what brands like to see. I don't think many influencers are that business minded to really think about it like that, from what from my experience anyway. Um, and yes, it, it, to work with someone like yourself that understands that would be a dream because, um, you know, if a company can't see a positive ROI, then there's hardly any point, is there?
1: Um, what's a perfect day look like to you? Perfect day is an early start. Um, realistically, I'd wake up around 5am, um, get a meal. I used to be a workout fasted kind of guy. I get a light meal in so that I can go li- train and lift weights. Um, you, generally speaking, like on a day like today, I woke up, I went and I trained, I lifted, um, I do a lot of resistance training, a lot of lifting, um, a lot of mobility work. And then head back home, eat, get into the office, and I'll work. I work a lot, um, probably more than I should. I definitely in the last year tried to find more of a work-life balance, but work throughout the day up till around 5 45 today. I'll go and I'll box. Title Boxing, there's just a franchise out here in Sacramento. Um, but I choose to work out with them because it kind of goes back to what we talked about before, like they're a great group of people and what they offer isn't necessarily different than the next boxing gym, but the culture that they built out there is great. Um, so I'm usually definitely a two workout a day kind of guy. Um, sometimes in my own detriment, like I said, uh, I'm still stubborn in a way that even if I know if I'm overtraining, maybe I'm not going to gain muscle, but not everybody's fitness goals are different. Um, People always ask me, like, oh, like, what's a good workout program? Like, so it really depends on what you want out of it. Me, sometimes I need to push myself to the brink, whether that be working out twice a day, doing cardio, or waking up really early. Maybe I wake up really early and I don't need to start working till 9 a.m., but what I gain in mental fortitude is really invaluable compared to what I'm going to be losing if I just, like, kind of stay back with the pack and just kind of like go with the flow. Um, but definitely I'm a wake up workout kind of guy, get myself going, get my brain moving, um, get some reading in at some point throughout the day to break the lull up, get another workout in the afternoon in the evening. Um, and then get another meal and I, I eat throughout the day, but get a meal in a good hearty dinner. And then I'll close out the day. I used to be one of the guys that would wake work till 2am. Um, on some things on my computer, but I'm trying to wind down in the evenings now. Um, quality sleep is massive for um, your output on a daily basis, your work output, and your, the quality of your work. Um, and I've learned that as I've gotten older. Um, so try to wind down around 9, 10 p.m., get to sleep, and get back after the next day. And that's pretty consistent throughout every day of the week. I don't have a a uh, sleep-in till 11 a.m. on Saturday. I'm not that kind of guy.
2: Yeah, cool. I mean, sounds pretty good to me. Um, the type of day that I like to have as well is just getting up and at it. So, um, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. What's
1: one thing that not many people know about you? Um, I mean, probably something we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. I was a really fat kid growing up and ultimately really shy because of it. Like I would consider myself a very shy person in general. I'm for sure an introvert. Um, that's something that maybe you don't see via my Instagram feed and people will think like, oh, like you're so comfortable in front of a camera or this and that. And I still do to this day have body images, body image issues rather. Um, and that's something that will always carry with me. I mean, I'm okay with who I am. I'm a confident person, but in the back of your head, I mean, you're always gonna have that voice. Um, which I'm glad that it's there because it pushes me to be to work even harder. It's something that drives me because I never want to feel like I'm lesser than I really am as a person, you know? So I, I choose to pick myself up. Maybe I'm a little hard on myself sometimes, but I definitely am somebody who's not as confident or outgoing as I may seem. Well, that's a good thing that keeps you on your
2: A-game. Um, Correct. And I think again, from what we can see from your feed, it, it, it translates through to that. So um, no, good for you. seems like things are things are going in the
1: right direction for you. What are your plans for the future? Right now, um, I definitely have continued and put a lot of time into my personal brand over the last maybe six months. Um, I want my company to flourish. I continue to work hard on that every single day um, because I'm in this for longevity. But just from a personal standpoint, um, I want to. I want to use my platform to continue to grow. I've even kicked around the ideas of going into like TV shows, like competition TV shows. Like there's a show out here called The Titan Games that The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, puts on. Um, And I I sit there and I watch it and I'm like, I could do that. Like I could win. I could do that. But it's about it's about you got to take a chance. You got to go out to casting and you have to. Go compete. Um, I watch things like MTV's The Challenge, and I'm like, "Oh my god! Like I could run through that guy, or I could do that challenge." Um, <laughs> that's probably the next thing for me. I definitely want to, because, I, like I said, um, I've always played in like some sort of a spotlight uh, on the athletic stage. I always got nervous when I was doing kick return, and I was open returning the opening kickoff. The nerves shake off, and then you play your cool, calm, and collected. I like to put myself on a whether it be national or global stage where i'm playing in front of thousands of people again i I really feed off of that or i'm competing in front of people and see what i can do i mean every guy thinks that they can do anything it's really easy to say from your couch you know but i'd like to really push myself down that avenue so if that's something that i can find out how to way to get into next that would be my goal Amazing. Well
2: watch this space. Now you've put that out into the ether. Um we'll definitely keep a close eye on your Instagram and see if if or oh, no, when that becomes a reality, not if. As we have every every faith in you, my man. Look, um, for those people listening to you for the first time, what's your Instagram handle?
1: My Instagram handle is D Cody Allen, like T H E C O D Y A L L E N. Um that's kinda of funny. That it is that because In high school, like I said, I was a really introverted guy. I was a really shy kid, um, but I played quarterback. Um, So whenever a team does really well, quarterback gets a lot of the notoriety. Whenever a team does bad, Mm. quarterback gets a lot of the blame. Um, Our team was really successful when I was in high school. So it was always Cody on this, Cody on that. And I don't like attention. I really don't. Um, So a lot of people in my high school used to make fun of me. Like I was this big, pompous, stuck-up guy. So they called me the cody allen like i was something special even some of my best <laughs> friends one of one of my best friends i was actually in his wedding but in high school he was not a fan of me he played offensive line on my team he's like oh cody's so stuck up he said so this he said so that and i was like guys I like, i promise i'm not so they started my nickname the guys on my football team the cody allen like he could never do no wrong um so in, in college we <laughs> ended up living together yeah in college we ended up living together um and uh we um, became best friends. When I was in his wedding. Um, nonetheless, when we were living together, I, I think my Instagram handle was like Cody Allen underscore forty two. This is like six years ago. I was like, you know what, Adam? I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride this thing. So I changed it to the Cody Allen forty two, which was my college football number, and then I dropped the forty two. Luckily, nobody had it. And had it ever since. I'm just gonna ride this one out.
2: Hey, perfect. Great story as well, man. Look, Cody, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking time out today to speak to us. And um, yeah, let's stay in touch.
1: Sounds good. I appreciate you taking the time. um, And I'm looking forward to staying in touch.
2: Absolutely. Have a
1: great day.